In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. In our reading from St. Matthew's Gospel, we overhear Jesus giving instructions to the twelve just before he sends them out to announce the arrival of the kingdom. His kingdom has come near. And this kingdom that is to be announced and enacted becomes the alternative to all of the kingdoms of this world that are plagued by sin and violence and death. This alternative space made possible through Jesus radically transforms the social order. It did then and it does now. And radical transformation of any social order forged by sin and death brings conflict, brings conflict with those who are in power and want things to remain the same. If you benefit from an unjust social order, you want all things to remain the same. Keep the peace, law and order. I'm good, all's good. But this morning, we are challenged by the gospel to consider our own role as disciples, our own role as a people who commit to being loyal and obedient to Jesus Christ and the politics of his kingdom above all else. Matthew's gospel wants us to see that a life of discipleship is a life that seeks and yearns for the one thing necessary, Jesus Christ and his kingdom. Yesterday, my family and I joined in a Black Lives Matter march from Central Park at 96th Street to Gracie Mansion. And one of the refrains we chanted through our masks was, no justice, no peace. And as we chanted that over and over again, I heard Jesus's words from our gospel reading, do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. The letter to the Hebrews says that the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. The word of God pierces the soul of the kingdom of America and lays it bare before the eyes of God. Nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered. Therefore, you kings, be wise. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Submit to the Lord with fear and with trembling. Bow before him, to quote Psalm 2. The sword that cuts the chains of an unjust and corrupted and false peace, that peace of the world, is the sword of the cross on which the Savior hung. The nonviolent but all-powerful sword of the, co- of the cross, made victorious through the power of the resurrection and forever 
the sign of the justice of God. For the kingdom to take root in America, it's going to necessitate a lot of work from those who pledge to take up the cross and follow Jesus. And the work of walking in the way of the cross will be met with conflict because it will disrupt the powerful and the mighty status quo, and it will lift up the poor and the oppressed. It's sometimes a newsflash to an American Christianity that has largely grown to be sentimental, but we're not called to be nice and sweet and conflict avoidant and keepers of a false peace. Instead, we are summoned to be faithful and to bear fruit fit for the kingdom. Being disciples is a more than lifelong exercise of learning to see the world through Christ. Not some parts of the world, not just the so-called religious or spiritual parts, but the whole world and everything in it through Christ. And learning to see the whole world through Christ more and more by his grace means we'll have clearer vision to observe where the kingdoms of this world are obviously and more cunningly tying up heavy burdens and choking the life out of God's beloved children. Right now in our national life, the spirit, the spirit that promises to lead us into all truth, is calling us to see the ways that the kingdom of America was not only founded on white supremacy, but is still gripped at the highest levels by the evil powers of racism. And the Spirit is not just calling us to recognize this reality because this is not news. The Spirit is calling us in a deeper way to actively participate in combating racism in all forms. And we as the church, the people who pledge allegiance to Jesus Christ and promise to enact the politics of his kingdom, must be leaders in actively combating racism in all forms. As the baptized people of God, each one of us is called into this holy work. And given that our Episcopal Church is 90% white, I think it's important for us to hear this anecdote from an article published by a colleague and friend last week. He writes, as I heard a black woman last year say about trusting white people, unless I see you on the front lines fighting with me for the same rights you have, even more so than me, there will always be some part of me that will be cautious of you. Friends, the work as the baptized is for each one of us to do, and we'll find ourselves at different places on the journey. But our obedience to Christ calls us to take up the cross and actively combat racism 
in all forms. No justice, no peace. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. And it might feel a little overwhelming and intimidating, and frankly, it probably should. But the work of combating racism begins with our own family and with our friends, our co-workers. Dietrich Bonhoeffer writes, "The cross is God's sword on this earth. It creates division: the son against the father, the daughter against the mother, and all of that for the sake of God's kingdom and its peace." That is the work of Christ on earth, friends. The peace of the kingdom is just and costly. No justice, no peace. And I'll close with these haunting lines from the poem of William Alexander Percy, written in 1924. They're now published in our hymnal, hymn number 661. They cast their nets in Galilee, just off the hills of Brown. Such happy, simple fisherfolk, before the Lord came down. Contented, peaceful fishermen, before they ever knew the peace of God that filled their hearts brimful, and broke them too. Young John, who trimmed the flapping sail, homeless in Patmos, died. Peter, who hauled the teeming net, head down, was crucified. The peace of God—it is no peace, but strife, clothed in the sod. Yet, brothers, pray for but one thing—the marvelous peace of God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.